Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com sale. That's hellotend.com sale. And book your free consult today. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, baseball is not boring uh, in large part because of of great guys and good players and and people who who uh, just are, are genuine people. That's what we like. We talk about Joe Kelly being an ambassador to this whole baseballs and boring thing. The genuine person, another genuine person, Jake Berger, a teammate of Joe. Uh, we are meeting for the first time, but uh, thanks so much for jumping on here, Jake. And I know it's a crazy time, but uh, but yay baseball. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Obviously, uh, crazy time. Everything is getting rolling, but uh, happy I could get on. Well, okay. There's a, there's a couple. So what I do want to talk about is sort of the challenges. And I know that you have a foundation to talk about um, anxiety and mental health, which I think is important. And and I do want to talk to you about that, especially with how MLB is approaching it, because I've talked to some agents about maybe some solutions to that in which you can weigh in on that. But more importantly, we have to talk spring training hats. Um, and- <laughs> oh, so- this is going to be my, uh, this is going to be my talking point for the, uh, the next month. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, you were not happy with the spring training hats. No. Um, you know, last year um, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't really know, um, the damage it could do to, uh, to my head, um, you know, being a bald guy. So, um, you know, I, I applied sunscreen to my head, you know, thinking that would be, that'd be enough. Um, and lo and behold, I mean, you're out there for 
five, six hours a day, you know, in spring training. So, um, you know, I guess I didn't reapply enough um, and ended up with a really cool sunburn on the top of my head that took about uh, half the season to uh, (laughs) to recorrect. Um, You know, I still probably have uh, a little uh, showing back there. but um, It's scarred. It's like a tattoo. You have a tattoo in your head. I know. And, uh, you know, I thought I'd have fun with it and post on social media. I didn't realize it was going to blow up the way it did. Um, you know, like people magazine picked it up. Like it was crazy. I'm like people magazine picking it up. Come on. Like there's no way. Um, and it was funny because my wife actually was the first one to notice it. And like, she was just, just give me crap about it all the time. Um, and then I finally posted it, it kind of blew up and then, uh, you know, sure enough, they, uh, they decided to go with the uh, trucker hat again. Um, but I do suspect that, uh, that they will send me like a full hat this year. Oh yeah. That'll be, that'll be on my seat. Um, you know, cause they don't want a, uh, want a repeat from last year. <laughs> well, so first of all, like how do they miss that in a new CBA? I mean, like what's going on? What's happening? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all I cared about in the CBA, you know, to keep their spring training. Hats. Yeah. And, and I don't think you were alone. I, we, I think in every spring training site, you had these weird sunburns, these weird, it's, it's, it's much, Jake, it's much like the rule changes, much like the pitch clock. There's a lot, much like a lot of the everything that we have to adapt, adapt to. Uh, it's a work in progress. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so, well, listen, if you can be, you are an ambassador for good. And this is uh, another example of that. Yeah, exactly. It was funny, though. Like, last year, I, I played first base one of the games um, in spring training. And the their first base coach for the Rangers uh, came up to me, fellow bald guy, and was like, Dude, they didn't give you like a full, like full covered hat. I'm like, I didn't even know that was an option. So I'm like, I'm left in the dark here. So, you know, trying to, trying to protect the uh, scalps of, of all my fellow players out there. So uh, this is, this is part of the preparation that used to be where guys wore cleats around their backyard to get used to like sprint rocking around. Yeah. Spring training. Oh, yeah. Now you have to like, okay. Can you tell you what, do we have the, uh, do we have the like 120 sunblock? Is that in, in the boxes? <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 packed, ready to go, and um, I've been wearing a, a mesh hat every single day to get the. Uh, so it's not burnt; it's just tan. <laughs> See, there you go. That's why you're the best. You prepare. Uh, speaking of preparing, uh, the other very very important topic is. So I texted Joe and I said, "Well, I should have said I was going to say one caller, one listener asked this question, but I'm just going to say it was Joe." And so. Um, I texted Joe. I said, uh, taping podcast with Jake Berger, anything I should ask. So before I give you his response, what do you think it was? I think he's going to say something about being my hitting coach. Yes. uh, Yes. He said, ask him who the white, (laughs) ask him who the white Sox best hitting coach is. No joke. (laughs) Do tell. Yeah. So um, I went on a stretch there where it was like three weeks last season where I was just like, hitting the cover off the ball um and right before those those three weeks started um joe and i were just kind of like you know just talking just chatting it up and uh he's like look like all you have to do to be a really good hitter on basically any pitch is have a bad minor league swing and i'm like joe like (laughs) what's what's that mean and he's like no dude you just gotta like you gotta snap the snap the wrist, you know, like just pull off the ball. And 
so, you know, I'm listening to him and you know how Joe gets like, he's just going on this long spiel on how this is going to work and how this is going to play at the major league level. Um, and that, that game, <laughs> I think I had a home run off of Rich Hill um, to put us up like three, two. And he came into the clubhouse and he's like, what did I say? What did I say? <laughs> and um, so for three weeks, you know, we always chatted about, um, you know, if, if I took a good swing um, in his eyes or a bad swing in his eyes. And typically the good results were a good swing in his eyes and the bad results were bad swings. Well, so, so, it, so I, I don't know how to take that because it could have been like, he's just taking credit for everything good that you're doing. Or did you actually implement this weird, like minor league wrist snapping uh, protocol? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's Joe, Joe sa- says a lot of things and for the most part, you're like, dude, what is this guy saying? And then like you take a step back from the conversation and you're like, you know what? It actually makes a little sense. So um, I started applying it um, a little bit. And um, I, I think a lot of it had to do with just like, you know, he's got clear in my head, you know, uh, I was a young guy, like, you know, he, he's just trying to like make it like stress-free environment. So he definitely helped me on the mental side of things, but um there were a couple pitches uh, during that stretch. I think there was like a hanging breaking ball that I actually like snapped the wrist and hit it a mile. Um, and he he pulled the tablet up after the game and just kept replaying it to me and replaying it. So, I mean, I guess I did utilize it a little bit, but uh, yeah, it was, it was all good and fun. By the way, what, what you described of like him seemingly not making sense and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I have, okay. have, have seventy thousand words to prove that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and by the way, the second part. Then he sends another text. That I, that's not good enough. He said, "And best pitching coach." Who's so? What's that? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I he worked with uh, a couple of our uh, younger pitchers. I think they're like Bennett Sousa and Jimmy Lambert. A um, couple guys on on their breaking ball. Um, and even Kendall Graveman for a little bit. Um, and he, I think he called it like the, the doorknob. Like you want your breaking ball to be like you're opening up a doorknob aggressively. Um, and I think like when he started talking about that, uh, those three guys went on a really good stretch of uh, good outings <laughs> <laughs> and we're striking guys out with the slider. And uh, same, same protocol with them, um, you know, after the game and after they have that outing, he uh, pulls up the tablet and uh, sits right next to him, just keeps replaying it over and over again. He's like, see, what did I tell you? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there's so many different ways I want to go with this, but we can talk another. Maybe we'll do another podcast out in Arizona with Joe. You, yeah, you, Joe. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. So, the and by the way, so in the book, because, um, you know, I'm not around the White Sox. The only avenue I have, I know some of the guys. I know Kopech for, mm-hmm. for a while. and, and um, But uh, I get to meet Dylan Cease, and I thought that he was, like, yeah. a really interesting. So he's in the book. He has a passage. We have passages from people like Rob Lowe and Mark Hoppus and different people and, and about mm-hmm. how they fell in love with baseball. And Dylan's one of them. But also then the Joe's like, hey, you know he has a poem. You know, oh, he's yeah. a poem, right? Oh, yeah. He reads the poem like every before every start. I'm like, oh, yeah. he does? And then he, so he's like, I'm like, he's like, I'm going to ask him to put it in the book. And so he did. And he, he was nice enough and it's in the book. And like, holy mackerel, it's really oh, good. Oh, slider slide. Oh, slider slide. Oh, slider slide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time we walked in the clubhouse and he's like, yeah, like, you know, Dylan's like a very like 
stoic, like kind of dry humor type of guy. Um, and we walk in he's like, yeah, like I was in my shower last night. And, um, you know, I started thinking about this poem, um, and, you know, I wrote it down, jotted it down and he like, wouldn't say it for the longest time. We're like, dude, like tell us what the poem is. And then he read it. And then it just like spread like wildfire because like everybody that walked in the clubhouse is like, dude, you got to hear Dylan's, uh, Oh, slider slide poem. Like you got to hear it. And so like, I'm sure he recited it like 50 times throughout that day. And Did he have it's to actually read it like pretty a, good. Yeah, oh, it's really good. And, yeah. and I encourage, I would, if I had the book here, I'd go page whatever, but it's, it's, did he did he did he say it in front of like was this in front of the whole team? It was like at the time it was like six of us in there okay. um, in the clubhouse, and it was like before a lot of people got in there. And then um, you know Ethan Katz walks by, and so he's got to tell Ethan Katz. And then um, you know it, it was just like every single person that kept coming in, like <laughs> we're like Dylan, say it again. <laughs> it's good. It's really yeah. good. It's, it's, I think you got shirts made with it. Oh, really? Well, so, yeah. Speaking, uh-huh. speaking of shirts, do you have a uh, baseballs and boring shirt? No, I definitely uh, what? need to cop one. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. What? What's? What's? I, like, what's Joe doing with all the shirts I sent him? Like, yeah, just- <laughs> did, any, did anyone wear them? Like, Kovac said he had one, but you yeah, know, I like, COVID- yeah. I, I guess I wasn't there uh, to to well, get one. I don't well, know. G- good news, they're in white socks yeah. colors this year, so it's okay. Uh, yeah, right. so you're you're good waiting it out. Anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway, uh, boy, this has been fun already. Um, but now, so I do want to get into like semi serious stuff about this. And and first of all, can you talk about real quick about the foundation, the, the organization that you have the website? I want to make sure everyone understands this before we sort of get to the conversation about it. But I just don't want to. I don't want to misrepresent it. So just please, the floor is yours. Yeah. Um, so shakeburger uh, Um, obviously with, uh, the injuries I had and, uh, the, the mental battles I had, you know, I'm very passionate about, um, mental health and, um, you know, just mental health awareness and just kind of breaking that stigma, uh, behind it. And so, um, came up with the idea to, to create this website and, um, it's going to have like podcasts, um, a podcast with me talking to, athletes that are that maybe have dealt with something in their past or uh, professionals um you know in in the in the world of mental health and then um also kind of have some merchandise on there some blog posts um you know just kind of like an avenue um obviously i'm not a medical expert so uh, i don't take credit to to do that but also it's just like stuff that i used um in my journey um throughout my mental health battle so um it's on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, it's Jake Burger 30. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting stuff. Yeah, it's good. And I'm going to, th- I'm going to offer you a, an avenue for that podcast after this podcast. Because, yeah. So there you go. We've just become business partners. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so, <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's one of these things where, you know, the, the, your story is like really powerful and anyone just Google it. I mean, it's, it's, it's really powerful, but it's, it makes me like think about like how hard it is to get through as a, when you're a professional baseball player, it's like, Oh crap. Like, Oh, this is great. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Um, But then you go through the ups and downs, you go through everything that that is attached to it. That has nothing to do with the ups and downs of performance. Um, As we sit here right now, 
heading into the 2023 season, like, can you articulate sort of your perspective of how difficult it is? And I don't want to say difficult to be a a professional baseball player. It's still awesome. But how difficult there's so many avenues to be difficult in this existence Mm -hmm. that you would have never known, let's say, five years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's hard to comprehend at times. And like you said, I mean, first you got to just be grateful that you're in the position you are because, I mean, it really is so cool. Um, and But at the same time, you have to realize we're normal human beings too and we deal with the same stuff everybody else does, you know. Um, but when you see the lights go on and you're there from 7 to 10.30 at night watching us play, like, you know, you, you still have to realize that there's still life stuff going on that um, is behind the scenes. So, um, you know, it's uh, – it's hard to comprehend at times. Um, I think, you know, anytime there's a major injury um, that, that a player has there, there's going to be repercussions uh, mentally regardless. Uh, you know, I mean, you see that in any sport, um, you know, you see guys in the NFL that tear their ACL or Achilles and it's like, you know, they're not fully, fully back yet. And um, you know, everybody's calling them a bust and like they're a terrible player, but it's like, no man, like this guy just had a major surgery two years ago, you know, it takes time to, to get that fully back. So I mean, obviously you have those pressures. And then also, I mean, you're, you are at the largest stage in the sport um, and you're going to have outside pressures from fans, um, from basically anybody, even family, you know, um, you know, it, it's definitely a tough balance because I, for me personally, you know, I love interacting with fans and, you know, talking to as many people as I can and, you know, just hearing, hearing everybody out um, because I want everybody to feel heard and feel seen. Um, and that's a tough balance because, you know, there's definitely 2% of the population out there that, you know, hates you and thinks you're, you're a terrible baseball player. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it, it's tough because those 2% um, sometimes ruin it for the other 98%. Um and I think that's why you see some guys just give the cold shoulders to fans and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, a lot of challenges. And then not to mention, you know, if you get drafted in the first or second round, it's like, you know, there's a certain expectation set on you uh, before you even step onto a field in low A in Kannapolis, you know? <laughs> so um, that's a, that's a whole different pressure. I mean, obviously you have those pressures in college baseball Um uh, with, you know, you're, you're the three, four hitter, or you're the Friday, Saturday guy, like you're expected to perform, but, uh, on a national stage and, um, you know, big market teams, um, with all these fans, like you're, you're expected to perform at a certain level. And, um, uh, you know, you, you definitely can get inside your head sometimes. And, uh, I definitely think taking care of your mentals and taking care of, um, everything you can, uh, internally definitely helps block a lot of that, uh, that str- external stress. So you're you're on social media, um, mm-hmm. and this is a big part of the conversation, right? This is the, you know, I think that you know, guys. I'm first of all, it's great that guys are more open, like yourself, are more open and talking about it. Where twenty years ago, certainly thirty years ago, forget about it, and there was different pressures, mm-hmm. whatever. But now you're added the social media thing, um, yep. because this is. I remember Jay when. Uh, I remember writing my first book. This is back in 2000, 2000 came out in 2004 and there wasn't mm-hmm. Twitter then. And there was though there were message boards, right? Yeah. And so message oh, yeah. boards, so writers never really, writers could write all kinds of crap about people, but never get the blowback 
uh, you yep. know, really. Mm-hmm. So it was, the, then you look at the message boards and for a while, okay, it's good. And then you start getting like, oh, man, what? You're not used to it. And I mean, this, then the message board thing becomes a thing. And now obviously Twitter becomes a thing. Now, obviously every Instagram and everything else, but it is when, you, when you're not used to it, initially it's tough to take. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this is honestly like Joe's not even on social media. Like he's mm-hmm. not on. And I think he just got to the point where I just don't want to deal with it. You are yeah. on social media and you are dealing with this stuff and you also probably have talked to guys about this dynamic of the good and mm-hmm. the bad of it. Talk a little bit, if you can, about, you know, when you're going through all this and dealing with this, you want to take the right perspective. You want to take the right road. But mm-hmm. this here's the big roadblock. It's called Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Twitter can be the best thing or the worst thing. Uh, it, like I said, like, I love interacting with fans. Um, and something I did this year, I think that, I'll, I'll continue to do is in season, like I'll, I'll delete Twitter. Um, because again, it's not just the bad, like it's also the pros, like, and it's, it's also like, I go four for four and like everyone's tweeting at me and hyping me up. Like it's hard not to control your emotions and get like excited. And then like you show up mm-hmm. to the park the next day and you go over four with four punch outs. And it's like those same people are saying negative things. So it's like, it's definitely like a way like wave ride. Um, so for me, like in season, I'll, I'll kind of delete it. I'll still have an Instagram stuff. Um, but out of season is kind of when I can interact with fans again and, and feel okay. Um, because it's, it really isn't, like I said, it's not just the bad stuff. It's the good stuff too. Um, that, that can get inside your own head. It's definitely tough to navigate. Um, you know, it's, I definitely think like the, the message board mentality obviously carried over to Twitter. Um, and I think the prevalence of like sports betting has just inflamed like the situation of like posting negative thoughts. And, like, yeah. Cause, they, know, cause they, per- they personally got like, they personally got impacted because they lost money on you. Exactly. And so I think that definitely has added to the, the prevalence of, of messages like that. Um, and yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely tough to navigate and it's tough because you know, my, my sister and wife get messages too. It's like, like, what do they have? They, they had no part of the performance out there. Um, you know, so that's always tough to see. Um, and it, I think a lot of guys just get fed up with it because they, they are like getting personally attacked their wives and families and whatnot. So, um, I, I think it's definitely the right call, like in season to kind of mm. shy away from Twitter, but, it uh, is. you know, yeah, there's I'm four months, sure. like, you can build a brand um, on the field without having the social media. And then like, you know, on the off season kind of can cultivate that brand a little more. Yeah. So as you're saying this, I'm, I'm thinking about walking in a clubhouse and, and, you know, you can see some guys handle the whole Twitter thing better than others. Some guys probably, mm-hmm. it's not their fault. I mean, it's just, you know, maybe they just become obsessed with it. And yeah, you walk in a clubhouse and, it's literally like guys sitting at their locker and maybe it's Instagram, maybe it's Twitter. I don't know what, but they're just, it's like, it's like a row of guys just scrolling <laughs> and they go, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, do, so do, do you feel like guy, like this is the challenge guys, the game ends guys go in and there probably are guys who go right to like, what Dude, is Twitter, your Twitter, Instagram? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not healthy. No, that's, that's <laughs> terrible. That's, thing you check it's like twitter instagram 
it's the same type of like thing. I feel like, um, I just play chess on my phone. Ooh, <laughs> you do? That's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you. We just had a great chess podcast. You know with who? <laughs> who? Come on! Like who's who's the guy this off season with the, with the, with all the chess stuff? Joey Votto. I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jo- Joey Votto came on with Garrett Whitlock mm-hmm. um, of the Red Sox, who was a big chess player. And I just stepped back and let them geek it out on chess. Now oh, yeah. I know you play chess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, I play so much. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to yeah. give you bot. I, mean, I just, I mean, this, it was, I, first of all, I'm going to send you the podcast, but it was, um, it was funny because do you know Vado at all? No. Okay. Neither did I. Yeah. But he has a very dry sense of humor. And so I'm like, ah, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in and I'm going to relate baseball and chess. And it's going to, he's like, no, no, like baseball's checkers. You know, it's like chess. (laughs) Like, okay. And then he goes on and you just have to sort of, but, uh, but it's funny. Like, this is, that's good to know because I feel like, like Adam Ottavino is a big chess guy. Is there other big chess guys in the White Sox or? Vinny Velasquez uh, was getting into it. And then uh, anywhere we go, uh, me and Daryl Boston, um, we'll, we'll play a match. Uh, if there's a chess uh, set in the clubhouse. Okay. Um, yeah. He, uh, it, it's always a good matchup between me and him, but uh, yeah, I, I love it. But yeah, back to the social media thing. No, but, I, but that's the point. Yeah. Is it? That's the point. Is it? That it's 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 challenging. The baseball season's so all encompassing, but it's challenging to have the discipline to find something that's just not the easy avenue of running to your phone. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's no for sure. And like, I, I think like finding an escape. Like you see a lot of guys like read books, um, you know, because they just don't look at their phone. Um, like I, I really do think if you can find something that that takes you away from social media, um, you know. It, and it can be on your phone, like it could be a game or whatever it may be. But um, it's definitely toxic to just kind of hop on Twitter and um, see what people are saying about the team and about you. So let me ask you this: So I, I had mentioned earlier on the podcast that I had talked to other guys about the MLB's approach, um, and I had an agent say to me, "Say, listen, MLB, they have to do a better job of, you know, they have the team help." but they have to offer more than that. And I don't know if you can agree with that or not agree with it, but you know, you have a, a unique perspective of it. Do you think that more can be done in the, in the industry that you're in? Yeah. And uh, part of me, like it's not really MLB or the team's fault. Um, I think if you, you are dealing with something, you're less apt to share it with a current like employee of the entity you're working for in a sense, right? Like, you know, if I'm dealing with uh, troubles at home or if I'm dealing with, um, you know, uh, depression or insomnia, like you're less apt to share that with, um, you know, a team, a team employee. So, um, and they definitely do offer um, some third party choices. Uh, it's it's hard to manage for sure because they do give avenues to talk about it. Um, I just am not a big proponent of it. Of it. Like I, for me, like sharing it with my family and sharing it with my wife and sharing it with my friends about what I'm dealing with helped me. Um, I know a lot of people go out to you know to outside um, 
you know, therapists or whatnot. Um, and that helps them. So, um, I don't know if there is anything like that they're not providing. Um, it's just, it's just kind of a weird thing. Um, you know, with, with the team and, you know, you, you, even though, you know, they're medical professionals, like you're still worried they're going to say something, yeah. right? Like, that's just not like, you know, you just have that trust issue at times. So, um, that's, that's always definitely tough, a tough challenge. Have you had, um, because you've been open, have you had players or teammates or even other players like come to say, Hey, listen, you know, like, I'm glad you know, just to ask you about sort of that dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I've had a, a few teammates and a, a few players just around the league that have talk to me about it um, and, and what they're dealing with and kind of what I did. Uh, like a really good example um, that we had. Um, who was it? What's his name in Atlanta that tore his Achilles twice? Oh, um, uh, why am I? I don't know. I, I talked to him like once a month. I want to say Ronald Cunha, but no. What's the pitcher? Can, Canadian guy. Uh, this is where I. This is where I edit in and I say, "Hold on." Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> I, mean, I, I literally talked to him, Mike Soroka. There oh yeah, yeah, Mike Soroka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There yeah. you go. Um, you know, for for us, like that was we were the only two that had tore our Achilles and then retore it within the rehab process. And there was like an instant connection. So we always like bounce ideas. He, he didn't come to me obviously about mental health stuff, but like about, um, you know, what I was doing at this time in my rehab stage and whatnot. Uh, and so like, that's, what's really cool about the, you know, baseball in general and it being such a small world, like you're going to have instant connections and, and people feel open talking to each other. So, um, I've definitely had a lot of teammates and, um, a lot of just players within within the baseball world that have, you know, come to me and talked about um, maybe something they had been dealing with, um, or you know, one of their family members is dealing with, and um, just kind of have a discussion about uh, mental health. And I think a lot of people are on board with, you know, there's definitely a stigma around it, and you know, athletes can't mm-hmm. can't deal with this stuff, you know. Um, and so I, I think there's a lot of people uh, starting to opening uh, opening up about their uh, battles for sure. That's, that's so true. I mean, it's so to get past that sort of like that perception and the stigma. Um, well, you've been very generous with your time. Do you feel better physically and mentally than you ever have, like heading into this spring training? Yeah. Yeah. This is like, and, and this, isn't the, this, isn't the, this isn't the typical Jake. Are you in the best yeah. shape of your life question? Because spoiler alert. 90% of the players going to spring training will be in the best shape of their lives. And 40% of that will be true. Anyway, exactly. but I'm asking you because you seem like an honest person. Those are the best. I love those. those uh, oh, the, best, oh yeah, the, be, the best. The best shape of the yeah. Yeah. So I remember um, I did a story once of going around asking guys, are you in the best shape of your life? And uh I think that uh, I think somebody said I've never been in the best shape of my life. I think they were Ryan Brazier. Uh, the guy named Sam Travis was like, yeah. like I'm a machine. Um, like Steve Pierce, like who was clearly like not in the best shape of his life. He's like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah I will be in a couple months or something like that. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. So 
what's been really cool is we had our uh, firstborn in November. Um, and like being a parent and being, being a father, I think changes your perspective on a lot of things. Um, and kind of how you can prioritize, um, what's important, what's not right. Um, and so I definitely think like mentally and physically I'm, I'm in the best spot I possibly can be, um, and have been in a while. And, um, you know, it really does date back to, to my injuries. Um, I don't like, you know, you, you see like such a negative thing that affects your life. And in the long term, it was the best thing possibly for me because it definitely got me back on the right track and gave me that perspective on where I need to be at. And I think us having our firstborn just keeps pushing me into that right direction. Um, and, you know, that, that's that been really cool to, to experience that and um, ha- be with him for his first three months of life. And, um, you know, it gives me a whole new perspective going into spring training because I'm not just playing for myself. I'm playing for my family now um, and, and playing for him. So um, that definitely puts me in a good spot. There you go. I'm ready. When you get that T-shirt, man, let me just tell you, physically, you're going to feel better than ever. Makes the triceps oh, yeah. pop. Yeah. So and, 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 and now you have the, the experience and, the, and the, the grit and the guile to know that you should wear something under your hat. So we yeah, we just solved, no just, just no mesh hats. No mesh hats. <laughs> we've we've solved a lot of problems today. <laughs> but thank you so much. It's so good talk with you, man. Yeah, thank you. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.